We are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Royal Grammar School on Guildford High Street, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. Um, so it's Psalm 8, isn't it, today? So we're doing Psalm 8. And some of you um, might remember there was a guy called Will who was part of our church uh, a long time ago. And he, um, rather than kind of reading out Psalm 8 to you this morning, um, he has sung a song. And so he's going to sing to us Psalm 8. And so I think we're going to be able to see that on the screen uh, in a moment. I'm not getting a nod. I am getting a nod. And sort of getting a nod. Um, so we're, so we're going to have that read to us. So it might be worthwhile you having Psalm 8 open in front of you uh, if you've got a Bible. We, we have some Bibles somewhere. You can tell this is new to us, can't you? Because we, we just haven't done this in such a long time. We do have Bibles somewhere. So if you need a Bible, um, oh, they're at the back of the room. Are they? Oh, I see people moving. And looking hopeful. If you need a Bible, you can stick your hand up in the air and John and, or Tim will bring you one in your seats and just keep it up until they arrive to you. Um, yeah, we've got one or two down the front here and in the middle and the back. Yeah, you can see. Keep your hand up until you get one. Um, so yeah, look at Psalm 8 and if it doesn't appear, I'll have to sing it. Yeah. Is, is it, it is. No, I'm not going to sing it. Cool. <laughs> Oh my God, how majestic, how splendid is your name in all the earth. Sky, I see your glory. You're greater than the stars. That's how great you are. When I'm looking up at the heavens, oh, I see your hands. When I'm looking at the moon and the stars, I see you placing every pardon. When I'm looking up at the heavens 
see your hands When I'm looking at the moon and the stars I see you placing every part And when I'm looking up at my brothers Oh, I see your hands But what are we that you care for us? And who are we? remember Will. Maybe some of you put your hand up. It's nice to be able to ask people to put their hands up again. Um, so I just bumped into Will a few weeks ago at um, a Christian conference and he said, oh, I'm recording some psalms. And I said, oh, have you got Psalm 8 yet? And he said, yes, I haven't recorded it. So he's recorded that specially for us. That was the world premiere of Psalm 8 by Will Gray. So there you go. And my name's Stuart Parker. I'm an elder here at Hope Church. And so welcome to you if you're here in person or joining us online. Um, I live in Guildford with my wife Jean and our two sons, Reuben and Cameron. It's such a joy, isn't it, to meet once more in person. The last time I was supposed to be talking to an in-person gathering was the 22nd of March last year, and it ended up being the first time that we met online. So it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while. We've been waiting for this day. And um, it's quite moving, I think, to meet today and to sing and to hear one another singing together. And I, I was just reflecting as we were singing, maybe this, is a, this, this time that we've had of waiting has been a little taste of, of how, as Christians on this earth, we, we wait for the, the life to come when all Christians will be gathered in a wonderful place in God's presence, uh, all singing and celebrating him in person. So we're going to be looking at Psalm 8, and this uh, psalm uh, we've had sung to us by Will, and it starts with the director of music. Um, so, yes, I don't know if we've... Yeah, there we go. The, the director of music. Um, it's supposed to be a psalm. The psalms are supposed to be sung and celebrated, um, celebrating God. Let's get excited about what these truths say to us today. It's a psalm of David as well. So David was, as we know from 1 Samuel, was a man after God's own heart. It speaks from the heart truths about who God is. And it answers a very important question. Do I, do you have value and significance in God's eyes? This psalm answers that question. Now, you're probably wondering, I'll get get this out of the way before you're kind of get too distracted, you're probably wondering why there's a rope coming from the ceiling. And don't worry, I've, I've kind of carefully harnessed Rainbow so that it's not harming her in any way. Um, let's just 
hang her there, and we'll come back to her later. This is Rainbow, who uh, belongs to Lisa Payne, and well, her, Lisa's daughter, Esther Payne. But I'm sure, I'm sure um, Lisa gets hugs with, it, with her as well. Um, so we'll come back to her later. About and she kind of represents every one of us. So kind of having a right view of ourselves, too high or too low. So she'll be doing some going up and down a little bit later on. Um, we can get, we can kind of have, we can err on two, two extremes, can't we? We can have too high and lofty a view of ourselves or too low a view of ourselves. And this psalm calibrates us. So the Bible uh, is great at getting our thinking right. This, calibra- this will, psalm will calibrate our thinking of, of, of what mankind should be like. I have to say that um, our lodger, James, bumped into Rainbow for the first time um, a few weeks ago when... We'd borrowed him, well, I think it was earlier this week, actually, and we borrowed him, and he came home late at night, and there was Rainbow sat on a chair watching him as he came into the dark room, and he was a little bit terrified. So hopefully she's not too scary for you this morning. She hangs there. (laughs) Before we get into the psalm, let's pray together as we look at God's word. Father God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to join together in person and online to celebrate our gathering And we want to be enlightened by your word. We thank you that your Bible speaks to us today through your Holy Spirit. Help us to have hearts and minds that listen to what you have to say to us. May my words be from you and may you encourage us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is a psalm of two halves. There's no extra time or penalties, you'll be glad to know. Um, The first half, verses one to three, we'll have a look at them. Um, Just have a look. And and there's a question. It's not a trick question. Who are these verses, these early verses, mainly about? You You can just shout out. Who are they mainly about? It's quite an easy question. God. God, yes, thank you. So the the first three verses, mainly about God. Fantastic. And the second half is uh, have a look at these, and who are these verses mainly about? Sorry? Mankind. mankind, yeah, great. So there we got two halves, mainly about God, mainly about mankind, and this psalm kind of puts those together. But what you notice, you might have noticed from Will's song, is that you've got um, so, verse 1 and verse 9 are exactly the same. So they act like... Um, They act like bookends to this psalm. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And when you see in the Bible, Lord, written all in capitals, that's the covenant name of God, Yahweh, the God of Israel. And that sets the context for the rest of the psalm. This is the God of Abraham. Do you remember looking at Genesis earlier this year? He made... This is a personal God, a God who made the promise. He picked out Abraham for no, um, no, no merit of Abraham, and he gave his promise to Abraham and his descendants. And through Jesus, we are all his descendants. How majestic is your name? I don't know if when you hear that, whether it kind of echoes Jesus' words in Um, the Sermon on the Mount, when he teaches us how to pray, hallowed be your name in the Lord's Prayer. It's a great way to start any prayer or song, is lifting up 
the name of God, isn't it? Lord our God, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So this is a, de- a declaration of truth. It's not up to us to crown God with glory. It works the other way around. God's majesty does not depend on us. There's no such... You might have heard the expression, oh, that's a God-forsaken place, but there is, it's, not, it's not a biblical concept. There is no such place on earth. God is majestic across the whole earth. So let's look at that first half. We've talked a little bit about this, the, the sort of first one there. The first half, we said, speaks of God's glory. God's name is majestic. So there's the verses up on the screen. You have set your glory in the heavens. Do you remember Chris spoke to us last week? We're working through different psalms, and Chris spoke to us from Psalm 121, and he spoke, um, remember that verse, I lift my eyes up to the hills, and um, in biblical times, people might have looked up to the hills, to the high places, to, to see um, where God's lived, but God's glory, the true God of the Bible, God's glory is above every high place, the heavens are above Mount Everest, there is no Um, place on earth that is higher than where God dwells. There's no one higher than our God. But this this psalm kind of introduces this question, well, does that mean then, if God is so great and so high that he is above us to the extent that he's uninterested in us, that he is unreachable? And the answer, you'll be glad to know, is no. And the psalm fleshes that out a little bit later on. Verse 3, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. And David writes, when I consider. God's glory, God's creation is on his mind. He uh, he wonders, doesn't he? He wonders about God's creation. I wonder how much we wonder about the skies and the planets and the stars. It's good to take time to wonder, isn't it? And as grown-ups, sometimes we are too busy or too preoccupied or just too kind of used to the world that we forget to wonder. Um, My son Cameron loves bugs and insects and he will find things wriggling or crawling and he loves to get them in a little pot and we try to encourage him to feed them and look after them and not forget about them. Um, And he's just so curious about how they work and how God's made them. My son Reuben loves to... He's more interested in kind of hidden forces like electricity or magnetism and working out how they they work. And he asks quite difficult questions sometimes. Um, But it's good, isn't it? It's good to wonder about our our world and to, to stop and think... And as we wonder, it naturally draws us to praise the creator and the sustainer of our universe. For me, last weekend, do you remember, last weekend was super hot. It seems a while back now. Um, but we, we tried to get away from the heat, and we went down as a family to Worthing Beach. And I loved to swim in the sea, and I was just swimming along, looking at the rocks and things along the bottom of the sea. And I, I, I noticed this, what I thought was a fish, just sat on the bottom of the, they see, they just, just, just sit there, don't they? And um, as I sort of swam around it, 
it got up and I was fully expecting it to sort of wiggle off like a fish does. But in, what actually happened was about three legs came out either side and it walked away. And it was quite strange. I hadn't seen anything like it before. I haven't, even the internet hasn't been able to t tell me what it was yet. But it made me wonder. It made me praise God. And there's so many things that we've not yet discovered in this world, aren't there? So I wonder what makes each of us wonder. Is it the stars? Is it um, maybe gardening, just growing things and seeing how things grow? Maybe learning science, anything yeah, it's good to wonder, isn't it? It's good to wonder at God's world and to let those things point us to who he is. So the psalm says, the work of your fingers you have set in place. God is not described here as a hands-off God. His work is intricate. And it reminds us of Genesis 1 and 2, doesn't it? So we've looked at verses 1 and 3, and they've surrounded verse 2. Um, probably, in my, as I read this psalm, I think this is the psalm that I found the hardest to understand. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Now, the good news is that we actually have the best person, not me, but the best person to interpret scripture um, has written about this, or he's spoken about it, and that's Jesus. Actually, in Matthew 21, Jesus uses this verse in a conversation. So let's try to understand verse 2 of this psalm by looking at how Jesus used it. When the chief priests, and this is, this is Palm Sunday, just to put it in context. When the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things Jesus did, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read, and here he quotes Psalm 8 verse 2, from the lips of children and infants, Lord, you have called forth your praise. So the simple children who lined Jesus' path into Jerusalem with palm leaves. They had discerned who Jesus was, the son of David, and they praise him unashamedly. They celebrate in the temple courts, causing all sorts of um, upset to the authorities, while the grown-ups and the, the leaders, the people, the religious authorities who should have recognized Jesus, they're, they're just indignant. They're worried that their rules are being broken. So it's a call to us maybe to never look down on the simple faith of children. Isn't it great that our kids' work is starting again in person today? Let's be praying for them to be developing faith. Let's be praying for our leaders to be teaching them about Jesus. Interestingly, as you might have noticed, as Jesus quotes the verse, he uses a slightly different version. He Often in those days, they'd use the Greek translation of the of the Hebrew and um, makes it a little bit easier for us to understand. So whereas Psalm 8 <clears throat> original talks about a stronghold, um, here Jesus uses the Greek version which translates it as, you know, children and infants have ordained praise. They just bring praise. Praise is powerful of God, whoever brings it. So Jesus is applying this verse to the children who celebrated him, the son of David, 
coming into Jerusalem. But maybe as we, as we apply the verse 2 of Psalm 8 more broadly, we can just see it not perhaps just being about children, but also anyone who comes to God with a simple faith. We can praise him. So there we go. That's the first half of the psalm. And as we wonder about God, we may maybe move to the obvious question which verse 4 brings to us. What is mankind, God, that you are mindful of them? If you're so great and glorious and high, what are human beings that you care for them? Creation is so big and so great, and God is so much greater than his creation. Why does he care about us? And the whole psalm perhaps gives some clues to this. Is it echoes Genesis 1. Again, we looked at that earlier this year. It talks about the moon, the stars, the beasts of the field, the birds of the, of the air. I've got birds of the sea written here. That's not right. Um, so, um, yeah, do you remember Genesis 1, 27? Uh, God created man in his own image. Part of our significance, isn't it, as people, is that we mirror something of God's glory. What is it of God's glory that we mirror? Well, I think when we look at the news, it's not our, necessarily our behavior as people, is it, that is uh, superior to the rest of creation. It's not our intelligence that makes us more glorious. Many people have used their gifts and intelligence to, uh, for bad things. It's not our domination over our planet that makes us more glorious. We've failed, haven't we, in many ways, to steward our environment well. It's not even that our planet is the center of the universe. Um, when Nicholas Copernicus in 1515 observed that, oh, you know, the, the universe doesn't actually rotate around the earth. It, ca- it caused great uproar and um, an upset. But actually, when we look at the Bible, the Bible recognizes that you know, naturally speaking, there's nothing central about mankind in, in our sort of physical significance. Which brings us back to David's question. This is the message translation. I look up at your big skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky jewelry, moon and stars mounted in their settings. Then I look at my micro self and I wonder, why do you bother with us? Why do you take a second look our way? And thankfully, we don't have to wait long. The answer comes in the next verse, verse 5. David declares, you have made them, mankind, a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. Our significance does not rely on our size or our power or anything, it um, takes us back, doesn't it, to, to creation. God created man in his own image. We are given greatness by God. Our value doesn't rest on our strength or our good looks or anything like that. Um, and the good news here is that even the poorest, most disadvantaged, least educated human being is crowned with glory and honor by the creator of the universe. And doesn't this challenge our way of looking at one another and judging one another? 
As we look around this room today full of people, we see creatures created just a little lower than the angels. We see mirrors of God's glory and honor. So today, it doesn't matter if you're competing for your country in the Tokyo Olympics or if you're struggling at home with depression and claiming benefits, you are equally crowned with glory. Next time someone annoys us or upsets us, let's remind ourselves that God made them glorious. Instead of reacting to their behavior, and of course in a fallen world, they're going to do things, we're going to do things which are, bad, which are you know, not up to God's glory, let us see them and treat them as the image bearers of the Most High God. And so there's application here in this psalm for how we see ourselves. Let's, let's use rainbow um, here to illustrate the two extremes. So firstly, we can, we can think too highly of ourselves. Okay, hope this works. There she goes. Um, and hold on so she doesn't, doesn't get hurt. You okay up there, Rainbow? Yeah, good. So we can, we, can, we can think too highly of ourselves, can't we? And we want the universe to revolve around us. We think we're better than others, even better than God. I'm in charge, and I need to force my will upon this world. And for those of us who are parents, this is one of the, the challenges of, of parenting. We need to uh, show our children that the world doesn't revolve around around them. We need to think about other people. But there's plenty of adults who think this way too, who put themselves up there with God, above God, think everything's about them. It's a danger for us. But the first four verses in this psalm are a good counter to this, aren't they? Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? But the other mistake is to think too little of ourselves. Okay. Don't know if you can still get rainbow on camera there, Sean. Anyway, she's gone right down to the bottom. Perhaps um, experiences of bullying or shame have left you feeling inferior to other people. Perhaps you've done things in your life that you regret and you're left feeling worthless. The good news for us and for Rainbow is that the Bible puts our thinking right on this. In Psalm 8 it says, my significance doesn't depend on our achievements, on our abilities, on our wealth or our reputation. This Psalm says, God has made you a little lower than the angels. Okay. So uh, I've got a Bible here in a bag. Unusual, I know. Um, so if we clip the Bible on, I just want that to sort of illustrate how that brings balance in our life. So there you go. I've put the Bible there with rainbow. And can she, she see she's lifted up? She's not lifted up above herself. She's not down there. Okay. And, um, but the Bible, the word of God brings balance, doesn't it? And helps us to get a right view 
of ourselves. He has crowned us with glory and honour. And the Bible speaks us today about that. So the, the Bible, this is an anchor for our minds and for our souls. This keeps us from having too lofty or too lowly a view of ourselves. If we keep this, not right on the microphone, but close to our hearts, <laughs> um, this gets us, this, this, this is an anchor that gets our thinking about us and, our, and, and one another just right. So the last bit of the psalm, verses 6 to 8, speak about how we are to rule the earth. They expand on our significance as mankind. You have made them rulers over the work of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. God has given us all of the living creatures on the earth to rule over them. Again, going back to Genesis 1, 28, it says something very similar. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. But note, the Bible does not say consume the earth. The Bible says rule over your fellow living creatures. In God's eyes, we are not consumers, but rulers of the earth. So we must treat the animals, the birds and the fish with care. They are God's creatures too. And we might wonder, why has God put us in charge of the world when we've made such a mess in some ways of our environment? But the Bible calls us to bring order, not disorder. The problem is not stewardship, but greed. It's interesting that this call for mankind to rule over all the living creatures comes straight after our designation as being crowned with glory and honor. So as God's image bearers, we don't just sit on thrones and enjoy our glory. We've got work to do. So firstly, we need to bring godly order to our world. We need to lead the way in stewarding our earth. We need to act with restraint as rulers, don't we, in the way we use its resources. We need to honour the welfare of the animals, birds, fish, etc., that God has placed under our care. And that way we live up to the glory and the honour that God has given us as rulers. We bring order to this earth where God has delegated dominion to us. Part of reflecting God's glory is by being fellow creators with him. So this is a challenge, isn't it? Actually, we can't just always blame the government when things are not right in our world. Yes, of course, we have elected representatives to govern on our behalves, but actually God has made us the rulers of this earth. We remain responsible. But in case this is sounding too elevated, we finish the psalm where it began with a reminder of whose name resounds with majesty through the whole earth. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The psalm finishes with a reminder of God's greatness, not ours. We avoid too high or too low a view of mankind. So I love this psalm because it's useful for when we're inspired by the beauty of creation to praise God. I love it because it reminds us of our right place in creation. And 
I love it because it helps about us think about our responsibilities to steward this earth. So, so to summarize, God's name is majestic. Let us be people who wonder and whose wondering leads us to praise God. The psalm puts this question, who are we that God would care for us? And maybe if we're not asking that question, maybe we're not, maybe we don't have a high enough view of God. But the psalm answers that question and it says, man's glory is given by God. It is not earned, it is given equally to everyone. We need to have a right view of ourselves and other people. And finally, we are to rule the earth responsibly. Let us pray as we finish. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We thank you that you are sovereign over all that we can see. But we thank you, Lord, that you have given us value and worth in ourselves. Thank you for the Lord Jesus who came down, who humbled himself to be on this earth for us. Help us to have a right view of ourselves and of other people. Help us to rule this earth well in a way that reflects something of your glory. Help us to remember your word and to be fed by it. And help us now as we continue to worship you in song. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thanks for listening. We meet on Sundays at 10am at the Royal Grammar School in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.